Welcome to Classics with Champagne and Caviar, where we're two wacky sisters, Francesca and Coco, who discuss our love for classic films. So pop open a bottle of your best champagne and caviar and let's talk classics. the opening for our next movie that we're going to be talking about on this episode of Classics with Champagne and Caviar with Francesca and Coco and I love that thank you thank you (laughs) we're starting this week's episode talking about the classic film Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory one of our very very favorites and I know that I say favorite a lot I mean I can't help it but this is just a, a classic that we would watch as children quite frequently, and I watch it even now as an adult. Right, right. I, I love it when I want to just go somewhere and and just totally tune out and not just think about what's going on in today's times and just relax my mind. I think a Wonkerland. Right. And I know with, unfortunately, the pandemic that we're all experiencing across the globe, yes. this is definitely a lovely movie that can help you just escape and as the song says there's no place like your own imagination in your mind the fantasy that you can create and it's definitely very true in Willy Wonka it's a place where you can escape all your problems and leave your cares behind and go into the one place that you have and that's your own imagination and we get that in Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory his imagination was definitely portrayed in Wonkaland in Wonkaland with the Oompa Loompas. (laughs) Who wouldn't want to be in Wonka Land with little orange men with green hair with Gene Wilder saying all these very funny sarcastic statements. I mean, the movie is quite hilarious. The more I've watched it as I've gotten older, I find it to be more of an adult movie than actually children's movie because it's quite profound, the moral statements that go on in in the film. It's very profound, Francesca, but at the same time, I would say anyone can enjoy it. Oh, yes. Yes. Often read or seen little things where people have made comments that it's not for children. Right. I have even known people, personal friends of mine, who said, I wouldn't show that to my kids. And I'm like, well, I watched it and I had no problem with it. (laughs) And I didn't think anything naughty. I, right. I just simply loved it for what it was. Right. Well, I think it, it can teach you 
so many things you know um, from a child's standpoint as well as a mature adult it can you can learn and I think that's the beauty of any classic film is that anyone can watch it it's universal and you can learn or grow or it can change you in some way and that's what we love about Willy Wonka absolutely now for those who may not be familiar Francesca do you want to tell them exactly what the storyline of Willy Wonka is? Well, we know it originally. It is based off a book, um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, that Chocolate Factory, excuse me. was written me. by Ronald Dow. Correct. And it, it's a very moving story. And I'm not sure when the book was written, actually, now that I think about that. But I, it's, it's been a, a book around for a very long time. I and read it as a you child. start off uh, in London in the movie, per, per se. And, okay there's this chocolatier so to speak his name is uh, Willy Wonka who's gone into like you want to say promiscuous recluse he's become a recluse this is how the film starts off so spoiler alert so it starts off he's a recluse and then he was very famous and known for his world-renowned chocolate and secret recipe to his chocolates and no one knows whether you know he got these recipes but they were very well renowned but he's gone into hiding no one goes in and no one comes out. So no one has ever been to this factory. No one has seen him for a very long time. No one has come out of the factory. And then we're introduced to this wonderful little boy named Charlie. And he comes from a lower end income family with his grand two grandparents, sets of grandparents and his mother. And they live in this one house and she does all of the work and Charlie, um, you know, delivers the paper. And he, you can tell from the very beginning, he's a sweet young boy and he desires to live, you know, outside of where he is somewhere he can escape yes, he and be in a happier place yes, you know happier. and you get the impression from the beginning of the book and movie that he's had to be an adult quite early in life yes they're, they're living like in subsidized housing well, correct if you even want to call it subsidized housing i don't know if you call it subsidized housing but it's it's just a very it's small a home Right, and there is six of them, I think, living in one house, but offer the income of one mother and the small income that Charlie makes. Yes, because the father is deceased. Correct. So um, the grandparents, you know, they're bedridden, if I'm not mistaken. And so he desires a better life for his family, including himself, and just a place where they can be happy and not have to struggle. And he just fantasizes this Wonkaville, Wonka land as a wonderful place where it's just, you know, mystical and magical and somewhere he can just let loose and be happy in. That's the ultimate goal, I think, is happiness throughout this whole film. And so um, finally, by a sure chance and luck and mystery, uh, Willy Wonka has decided to open his factory to five wonderful children and their parents. Five golden tickets! And then he's decided to make a fortune, clearly, and sell it globally to everyone and put the golden tickets in the chocolate. And so, of course, Charlie, who is this child that we learn on, who really wants it, you know, he's he just desires it so much, but he doesn't have the money to, to get it. But by, once again, sheer luck and chance, he goes and finds, I think, a quarter or a pound, if, you know, since they're in London, and finds a pound and is able to buy a chocolate candy, a Walker bar. Yes, he is able to buy it. And what I love about this is that this little boy 
gets the opportunity mm-hmm. for his life to change. Exactly. Now we get the impression, and before he actually gets his golden ticket, we meet the other four ticket holders who win the golden tickets, and you see that they're not always the best little children from the beginning of the movie. You can tell that they've schemed or come up with some yes. device. They all have little to get hands. the golden tickets. Yes. We meet um, Baruch Salt, who's very Baruka. spoiled. You know, and she's controlling her parents, saying, I want it today and I want it tomorrow and all of these things. And she was a naughty, naughty girl. Naughty girl. And you see her parents, you know, they have this warehouse. and So they're rich. They have money, obviously. Correct. And they are having all these people work for them to open golden tickets and find it for her instead of her finding it on her own. Then you meet Mike TV, who's very spoiled himself because he never... on television. (laughs) He watches so much TV. Exactly. And TV dinners. I think his mother said he won't go to the dinner table to eat dinner, so she has to bring all of his meals to him. right in front of the TV. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So hence his name, Mike TV. Yes. Uh, and I and I think you never I guess you never think about their names, but it, it, it kind of coincides with their characters. Baruka Salt, she's got a salty, nasty little attitude. Mike TV, he's always in front of the sarcastic TV. as well. Then you have Violet Beauregard. <laughs> Who chews and pops gum through the entire movie. And you uh, get an impression that she's very spoiled as well. I mean her father is a car salesman. And, and think about her last name as we were saying, and I just now thought of this actually as we're doing this podcast, Beauregard, meaning she has no regard for anyone's rules or regulations, which include her. That's quite witty of you. Right? I've never, I've never thought about that mm-hmm. either. It just dawned on me. I'm like, their names already, you know, say something about them and who they are. Then and we have Augustus Gloop. Augustus Gloop. I mean, he had kind of, you know, slight obsession with eating a lot of food and not wanting to stop you know and i understand we all have our issues but he was very greedy which i think his name kind of goes and coincides with with that of him being greedy so now all of that let's fast forward we meet the children and by sure luck they charlie and think about charlie bucket's name Mm -hmm. charlie bucket he has nothing. Bucket. Empty, exactly. Nothing. Very good, Never Coco. Very good. Before, very good. <laughs> right? Right. And that's why I said every time I watch it, I learn something new about it. And that's the beauty of classic. And we learned something new today with the last Exactly. Days. Something very beautiful about classic films. You can watch it over and over and over and over again and learn something new each time you watch it. Exactly. So now he's gotten the golden ticket. And then we also learn a little side note about someone who was a competitor of Willy Wonka that wanted to get all of his recipes, which is why he closed his factory in the beginning. So he's gone to all this, the children to try to convince them, I think, of some kind of trickery to go into Willy Wonka's factory and then come back and tell him, you know, about it. And what was his character's name, Coco? And his name was Arthur Slugworth, Francesca. Oh, okay. I couldn't remember. It just left my mind just that easily. And so he tries to convince these children, and you see this in the scenes with each child after they've won the golden tickets. Yes. He's, you see him off to the side, you know, talking to them, trying to canoodle with them. You convince know. them 
really right. to do something bad, to steal whatever they could from Willy Wonka. The, right. the trick of it is, though, is that he is actually not Arthur Slugworth, that he in actuality works for Willy Wonka and he's testing the children. Right, but you Willy don't Wonka. know that until the very end, until the very end yes. of the film. Mm-hmm. So you see all of this happening and then you see Charlie win the golden ticket and you see Arthur Slugworth. Yes, we're so happy that I he know. won. Because he thought he wasn't going to exactly, win. Exactly. Because and they had put out a fake ticket as well at one point in the story. Right. But he does win. He indeed wins. And I think it just goes to show in reality, which is why I was saying this movie is so poignant even as an adult, that, you know, there are some things that you want so much and it yes. just seems like you'll never get You'll them. never get it. But in time, you do. It may not right. always come the way that you want it to come. Right. Or when. Or when you want it to come. But, but never give Give up hope and determination and hope and being a good person i think that was the main thing too you know charlie won his earnestly by paying and actually getting chocolate and winning whereas the other children you know their parents helped them or they had some other scheme they were doing but he really just happened to go into the candy man store by sheer luck and and win the ticket and on a side note um you know the famous song candy man which candy man can because he mixes it with love and makes the world taste good you know um uh, Sammy Davis Jr. actually put that song out and made it very famous. Very popular. One of his his hits and what he's known for. And he actually propositioned Mel Stewart, who is the director of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and wanted to be in the film. And although Mel Stewart was, you know, you know, hey, that's great that such a star wants to be in the film. He declined on the offer because he thought by having someone so famous in that role would take away from the simplicity of the movie. Yes, he, he didn't want someone popular. He, he wanted right. people to focus on the story, not on Sammy Davis Jr. Because even um, Gene Wilder, the great late Gene Wilder, and may he rest in peace, um, was not quite well known at that time when he uh, chose to do do the role of Willy Wonka. And such a good choice, by the way, let me just say. He does Gene absolutely... Gene Wilder was absolutely phenomenal. Wonderful, superb job mm-hmm. in that role. I think it was born for him to do that particular role. Yes, and Sammy Davis, he wanted to sing the song Candyman because he was excellent or, or, or good friends with Anthony Newley, who wrote Pure Imagination. Correct, so, correct. But I, I kind of do agree with Neil Stewart's thinking um, or reasoning that had Sammy Davis Jr. been in the film, I think we would have focused more on Sammy Davis. Correct. And less <laughs> on the story. Line. Right, because you'd be like, oh my gosh, that's Sammy Davis, let me focus on him, and it would take away from, it would yes. overshadow, I think. Yes, overshadow. You know, and he's such a wonderful entertainer the greatest entertainer and it would it would overshadow the film i think for that particular role yes so good good choice for actors exactly and they were also unknowns at the time right except for jack albertson who played grandpa joe yes so now we fast forward, they all meet Willy Wonka and they come to the factory on the day of their opening. And in Willy Wonka fashion, he can do nothing without some type of trick or prank. So he comes out on a cane because no one has seen him in the last 20, 30 years, so to speak. And he comes He's out on the a cane. He's, <laughs> <laughs> He's come out on a cane and then all of a sudden he does like a 
front flip in front of everyone, like, ha ha, surprise, here I am. And Gene Wilder himself, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. has noted that that was an idea he had because he stated that if he came out there and he did something like that, then that would lead the audience to believe, well, you know what? We don't know what to expect. Exactly. But, and that's the whole point of going into the Wonka land. You don't know what's going to happen. You think you're just going into a regular chocolatier's factory and you're just going to get a tour. And, that's gonna be and you're going to taste candy and that's it. He's like, no, you're going to be on a thrill ride from very the very beginning to the very end. To the very end. So we he meets everyone and they come in and they're all fighting to meet him first, let's just say. Yeah. <laughs> And to say, I'm Baruchasaurus, or I'm Violet Beauregard. Right. And even even the what's so funny, it's not even the children, but the parents are yes. fighting with their own kids as well as with the other parents because they also, too, want to go into Willy Wonka's factory. Can I just state that the side eye that Baruchasaurus' father was doing to her, <laughs> I mean, they were communicating with each other fantastically as if they were reading each other's mind about yes dear steal this or steal exactly. that exactly and if you and if you know the movie then you know exactly what i'm talking about it's quite a funny the 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 script writing is quite funny in this movie so we get into the factory and the, may i point out everything in the factory is not what you expect which he says and the first thing that i noted when i was little that's kind of frightened me actually were the coat hangers that were actually hands yes and I was like, you know, what is that? Mm-hmm. Is that a real person's hand? The hands and 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 oh, I'm, I don't want to speed up too far along, but I was gonna say, actually, when they lick the wallpaper and the wallpaper, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want. Let me not speak too fast, correct? Too quickly, but okay, <laughs> go on, Francesca. So we get into the factory, and you know, this movie was done in the 70s, but it's so funny that at the very beginning he makes all of the children sign almost like a non-disclosure agreement, mm-hmm. so to speak. Before they get into the factory. If she's not signing, she's not going in. Exactly. (laughs) And it's like a standard liabilities contract that he makes Mm -hmm. them sign that they, let's just add, cannot read. Because by the end of it, it's in such fine print that it would take... 30 microscopes or something (laughs) to be able to read this but needless to say these children all sign because you know of course they've done everything to get into this factory they're not gonna not go exactly so you see that and then we're off into the elevator which I think is so cool they go into the elevator Mm -hmm. and Willy Wonka is in the in the elevator and he's hitting on the walls as if he's like oh well we just came in here which way do we go out he he plays on with the I'm confused I don't know where we're going he plays plays with their mind right and and he tells them well on would we go let's go out this door and they're all like well that's the door we came from and he's like no it's not and he's little witty you know songs and he sings himself exactly in that costume with that hat and then playing the opening song to open the door which is Rachmaninoff so exactly I'm like what a twist that was so then we're into the heart of his factory as he says and he says everything in there is something that they can eat so whether it looks like a plant a basketball it's edible it's eatable I mean I can eat almost anything exactly (laughs) Augustus glue right and he goes and says I'm hungry and so (laughs) they open the door and this is when which is the beginning of the song that I was singing earlier, 
the Pure Imagination song. Which was beautifully um, done by uh, Gene Wilder. I mm-hmm. mean, sometimes people always want to folk focus on the vocal ability of a singer but to me it's not just about the vocal ability it's about the storytelling of the song and I thought he just you know he just really really gave an amazing rendition of that correct a moving and I think this is where we get to see the mind of Willy Wonka because this is a person that has created something out of his own imagination and his own it's fantasies. It's a fairy tale, a, a chocolate fairy tale. Right, and and he even says, quote, this is where dreams become realities and some of my realities become dreams. And so we Who go in. I love that, by the way? I mean, hello. Who love that? I would exactly love my mm-hmm. dreams to become realities and vice versa. <laughs> I would love to have a chocolate factory that was like Willy Wonka. Exactly. So then we come into the chocolate factory, they get to eat and, and feast, and then being the naughty little children that they are, they can just never listen. Augustus Gloom is the first child, as we see, to be kind of disobedient. Yes. And he drinks from the chocolate well fountain that he has a handmade chocolate waterfall river river, and he falls in although and i'll let coco answer this i always have wondered in that scene right when augustus gloom augustus gloom goes into falls into the chocolate river willy wonka standing right behind him and from my perspective it looks like he slightly pushes him into the river no he doesn't (laughs) He doesn't push him into the river. What happens is they notice that um, Charlie, as a matter of fact, is noticing that Augustus, him and Grandpa Joe, notice that Augustus is drinking out of the chocolate river. And with his bare hands, with his bare hands, his dirty little bare hands. And Willy Wonka is trying to get to him to stop him because he states and says that my chocolate mustn't be touched by human hands. And by the time he tries to reach him to stop him, he falls in. Correct. And so then Willy Wonka goes into the amazing line, suspicion or something like that. I hope it'll last. He's like, oh, no, wait, stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, wait, stop. Right. (laughs) And then he's like, Hope it'll last. Well, he says that when Augustus Gloom gets stuck in the chocolate yeah, tube, and, he can't swim. and he's like, all this subject. tremendous pressure is just building up, and he's like, oh, the suspense, I hope it'll last. Yeah. And then, boop, we see him shoot out like a little <laughs> gunshot. <Like a> cannon. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes down the little chute of where the chocolate goes. And so, of course, out of, you know, the mother being frantic, he's like, where is he? And, you know. Alvidezen. Farewell. Parting is so. And then these little green, yellow men come out. Orange men come out. They're giving you a a, um, disclaimer. A PSA almost. A public service announcement about, listen, children, this is not the way you want to be. They tell the moral of the whole movie in song by singing these little epitaphs. It's scary but funny at the same time. Yeah, scary but funny, but... Also, in a nice way to get the message out without, uh, you know, how 
how parents would be where parents would be very stern and strict about it mm-hmm. they do it in such a fun way but mm-hmm. the message nonetheless gets across mm-hmm. and so off one little child down four more to go so then we speed forward again and we're brought to another little um area where they all get into a boat and they go down the chocolate river and everything is seeming nice and this music is playing and everything is wonderful yes. then they go down this horrific tunnel and things just take a horrendous turn very scary might I add and then we see like little bugs crawling and spiders and then you see the picture of Arthur Slugworth and all the children look like oh my gosh there he is and then they're like we can't take anymore and the parents the funny part they seem more frightened than the children children, do they really do and I'm not gonna lie that scene scares me even to this day to watch that it does. I'm trying to remember the line where he's singing in the boat. It's always... Well, he's like, there's no earthly way of knowing where we are going. Is it raining? Is it pouring? And then I think it continues on from there. <laughs> and it's, it's like this freakish, he gives this kind of freakish robotic sound to the song, Gene Wilder. And he does a fabulous mm-hmm. job and he doesn't break character and is so wonderful but scary at the same time as we were saying and then he just all of a sudden says stop enough you know after everyone's had enough and then they're on to the next part of the factory factory. I mean Gene Wilder was absolutely great from being his juxtapositions of being funny sarcastic witty Mm -hmm. scary sinister Mm -hmm. he he was able to do them all he was he was he was that great he's very talented and then so we go into another part and so by this point as the viewer you notice that you're on a roller coaster ride when you go into Wonka land right and that there's no pulling the stops just because children are in here in the Wonka land they he has no problem scaring them and you know really testing the children I think uh, of who they really are and I think that's the beauty of the story and what makes it so classic is because you know um, your childhood shapes you know who you are as an adult and I think that by having these children you see that who they are is shaped greatly by their parent obviously and it's not the child that is really the problem it's the parent and they molded these children in such bad ways and manners that they don't realize it and I think it's like a human mirror you know Willy Wonka is really allowing you to see that if you know you're the reason your child turned out this way because of your lack of being a parent or not teaching them appropriately or being greedy yourself or whatever the case and and so it's just a beautiful way of telling a, a childhood fable or story so to speak and get a moral across in a childlike manner it is. So let me ask you, Francesca, mm-hmm. what is your favorite scene in Willy Wonka? My favorite scene in the entire movie, you'll be surprised, is right at the very beginning when we first meet Willy Wonka. And when Gene Wilder comes out of the factory and all of the town has come together and all of the five children with their respective parent has come to come give their golden ticket and you see Gene Wilder with his head down, cocked to the side, sort Mm, of, and the cane. And the reason I say that's my favorite part of the movie is because this is your introduction to 
Willy Wonka, this mysterious creature that no one has seen and all you've done is talk about him for the first 30, 40 minutes of the film. And this is the first person that you see coming out with a cane with a limp. And yet then he does a front flip and then does, ta-da, surprise, just kidding. And it's so comical yet sarcastic. <laughs> it's, yeah. It just gives you a whole tone for the, how the rest of this movie is going to be. That's my, I would have to say, favorite part of the, the film. And then my second favorite part. I didn't ask you for a second. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm go, so go, sorry. Go, go it, right ahead. My next go right ahead. Second favorite part would definitely be when we are welcomed into the chocolate factory, the main hub, and he sings the song Pure Imagination. And we see Willy Wonka yes. softened and how he really is. And we see all of his dreams and creations and how really himself, he's nothing but a, a grown child that wants to live out life, you know, and just be simple and happy. Well, I would agree with you. I would say that my first favorite scene mm -hmm. in Willy Wonka is pure imagination because at the beginning mm -hmm. of the film, you see such an impoverished child like Charlie, mm -hmm. unhappy and sad, um, who almost feels forgotten in a sense that he right. has to take on such an adult responsibility of feeding his family and they have no money and he's eating cabbage water daily. A piece of bread right. is like drinking champagne and caviar. Right. Um, so when he goes there and he wins the ticket and he sings pure imagination, it's like taking you to a fantasy world, a place of happiness, pure inner happiness. Correct. Um, and I and I love it. It, it, it brings a sense of calmness. It's after breathtaking. Such a, it really is after having such a turbulent time in his years as a child. Mm -hmm. And then I would say my second favorite yes. is in the end. As when his grandpa Joe is fighting with him to turn on Willy Wonka out of anger for his child, his grandchild, and I understand that, but Charlie is insistent upon, "I will not give the everlasting gobstopper to, to Slugworth. Slugworth." Right, and he puts it down, and Willy Wonka grabs it and says, "So shine a good deed in a weary world." Right, uh, it brings tears to my eyes, and of course, my absolute favorite, 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 favorite. <laughs> and when they go inside, I thought of you the already Wonka told us your favorite. I know, of the Wonka Vader, and they fly in the air, and you know, Willy Wonka tells Charlie that he's giving him the factory, right? And that they can so all beautiful. move in. I, I'm a sucker for happy endings. I, yes, I you are, it. but that's okay. That's I what makes the world it. go round. Yes, it is. But it is so beautiful when he gets the. Um, Willy Wonka factory and tells him, you know, and I think Willy Wonka said something at the very end to um, Charlie and he says, you know, be careful of what you wish for because you really will get it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just so inspirational to say, just never stop dreaming, never stop having those desires to really reach they for the stars. happily ever after. Remember he tells Yes, he does. Yeah. It's so beautiful. I mean, I this movie, you know. We could talk hours about exactly. this and we're just trying to cut our time, you know, not to bore <laughs> you guys. But I could talk for hours about right. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate it's such, Factory. Because it's such a universal movie and it, it has an overwhelmingly beautiful tone of just living your dreams to the utmost possibility yes, and yes. really pushing for the moon and the stars and never letting any negative thing get you out of that I'll or stop it, family you. or anyone exactly I mean I know in current conditions we have coronavirus and of course that's leaving us to be at home and we should be at home in a safer environment until this pandemic stops but you can still aspire in your own imagination which is 
the song saying that there's no place like your own mind. There's no place that can send you um, further than any limit and there is no limit on your own imagination and that's where you should always turn for your inspirations and aspirations, yes. albeit good inspirations yes. and aspirations. And it's just so beautiful, that story. It absolutely is and Mel Stewart did an applause. Mel Stewart, Gene Wilder, and all the wonderful kids that were a part of the movie right. and adults. Right. Um, I know that Johnny Depp did one, Tim Burton did it, and it was great as well. Great job. But this version is just my absolute it's classic. favorite. No exactly. one can replace Gene, Gene Wilder. Wilder. Yes. I'm sorry, no one can. <laughs> so we are so fantastically happy that this movie is still around and available to watch. And during this COVID-19, mm -hmm. if you have the opportunity... Please, please check please it out. take the opportunity to watch Willy Wonka and let your imaginations become your dreams and your dreams become your reality. Exactly. So join us on another episode. We'll let you watch the rest of Willy Wonka. We won't tell you the whole story. We've just given you a little gist. But thank you again for joining us um, with Classics with Champagne and Caviar with Francesca. And Coco! And we will join you guys on another episode where we're going to be talking about another wonderful classic, The and Wiz. The Wiz. And please stay tuned. Because later in the podcast series, we will be having guest stars. Correct. Some, surprise, surprise. Some classic stars, some celebrities. Surprise, so surprise. Thank you, guys. Thank Enjoy. you. Until then.